This is One in 59, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. One in 59 is a weekly show devoted to topics related to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to One in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And this morning, I'm speaking with Rebecca Beam, who's the president of Auticon US. Rebecca, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for being on the show. I know that we're going to get into uh, later in the show some of the details that really make Otacon stand out and, and the reason why you're on this particular radio show today. But to start, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your, your background and then uh, also an overview of um, Otacon and, and the, you know, what, what Otacon does and a um, little bit about that company? Sure, sure. Um, so thank you for having me today. I really appreciate it. I am the president of Autocon US. We are a global IT consultancy. We have offices across Europe and in Canada and here in the US. Autocon acquired a little company that I was a part of um, from its infancy called MindSpark, and we are now Autocon. And I got involved. I don't. I don't have a personal background um, with autism. I don't have a child on the spectrum. Um, really, my background is in employment. And throughout the years of being in employment and helping people build their careers, I always had a mantra that there is a job out there for everybody to utilize their talents and their skills. And when I got involved with MindSpark upon its inception, I was flabbergasted at the unemployment rate amongst individuals who are on the spectrum. And it really hit me because these are incredibly talented individuals who bring so much to the workplace. And to have them so underserved in employment, I just knew I had to change that. And it became a passion of mine. And so we train adults on the spectrum to do software testing. And this is a really great area for individuals who are on the spectrum because of their um, ability to recognize patterns, to um, do repetitive activities without fatiguing, really to find the devil in the details. Mm -hmm. So we train here for free and then once they get through the training they become a paid intern and once they get through the internship then there's they become an analyst and there's a whole career trajectory um, going up to leadership or going across to our automation practice which is learning code and then we also hire individuals who have a background in tech but have struggled finding a job or keeping a job they become our employees and we place them with our clients helping them solve complex technical problems. We also provide a job coach and a project manager to support the individual and the client and educate the client on how to work with somebody on the spectrum. So worldwide, we have close to 200 individuals on the spectrum working for us. Here in Southern California, we have 31, soon to almost be 40. I think we're going to have 39 in the next couple of weeks. That's amazing. So, so because um, I, I, one of the reasons we wanted to have you on the show today is because uh, I, I can't say that there aren't other companies out there that are doing this, but Autocon is the first one that I've heard of that is 
being this specific and purposeful um, in their employment with, of people on the spectrum and also the training aspect, that the fact that you're recognizing that while there are some people who already have a background and maybe have struggled in different work environments who are on the spectrum but have the skill already, that there's also people who have the potential to be really incredibly loyal, dedicated, skilled, expert employees in a certain field, but require training in a in an environment that is really designed to be supportive to them. So I think it's I think it's really unique what you're doing. Let me just clarify is are all of the Otacon um, locations throughout, you know, because you're you're global. So you're uh, across the world. Um, are they all do they all share this focus on employing individuals with autism? That's our our, our primary focus. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, right now we are in Europe, Canada and the U.S., but we are soon to be in Australia, and it's interesting, as countries hear about what we're doing, they approach us to have us come and open offices there. So it, I, I see this as becoming something that's a movement, mm-hmm. and you know, countries are seeing the value of having organizations such as ours in there to help this with the unemployment rate. It's amazing. So when you say you're approached by by other countries to open offices, are you approached by those countries' governments? Yes. Yes. And state governments as well here in the U.S. That's so cool. Um, Okay. So and in the United States, you only have one location in Southern California. Is that correct? No, actually, we have three offices in Southern California. We have uh, Santa Monica, Culver City, and Woodland Hills. Because we focus here on what we call our remote model, and what that means is all of our employees sit inside of our offices and clients outsource their work to us. Um, we have to have multiple facilities. Los Angeles is its own country, <laughs> as you probably know, and yeah. so we have to be spread out so people can get to us. Okay, all right, that makes sense. Thank you for clarifying that. So let's just go back a little bit because, again, this is really standing out to me as a unique, a unique solution to a challenging problem, which you mentioned before, which is across the world, sort of the unemployment rates. But we're obviously talking about the high unemployment rates and also retention rates of uh, people, adults. On, this, on the autism spectrum, you know, when we talk about autism, there still is a lot of myth out there um, or, or, you know, a level of understanding that has to do with, well, people on this on the spectrum have, you know, are really, really smart or, or you know, can, you know, love, uh, love to kind of, quote, get lost in video games. And so they all can become coders. But there's a lot more to that, to the story. There's, there's, first of all, I was, <laughs> I'm all over the map a little bit because I'm excited about what you're talking about, but I recently interviewed Temple Grandin, um, who's a huge advocate for, she's on the spectrum herself, and she's been a huge advocate for individuals on the spectrum, especially when it comes to employment. She talked a long time about the difference between an individual who loves to play video games and is very good at um, anything technological, but there's a big difference between that and being able to apply that passion in a skilled, impactful employment type of way. So I just love that that what you're describing is the recognition of the fact that training can help these individuals um, not only obtain a job, but keep a job, which is a huge additional aspect. It's not just about uh, gaining employment. It's about keeping yourself employed, correct? Correct. And, 
You know, one of the things that I um, stress to my management teams here is, you know, we are not providing jobs. We are building careers. Mm -hmm. And every single day, that's what we focus on. And some individuals will grow faster than others in tech, and some will just stay, you know, at at a lower level, but that's okay. Because I still see possibility in each individual to grow in their professional career and get better and better and better every day. So we do that through training. We do that through very solid feedback. And feedback is one of the most critical pieces of what we do here. And we have to make sure that our feedback is very goal-oriented. It's not negative in any way. So when we see somebody's not doing something correct, we don't tell them that they're doing it wrong. We tell them what the goal is to get to the level that we need them to be at. So they grow because we have a growth mentality in everything we do here. That is, that's, again, you know, kudos to you and congratulations on having such a successful um, program. I, I just think it's, again, it's, it's, it's um, addressing an issue that is for sure, you know, a, a very big obstacle for a lot of individuals when it comes to becoming more independent. Um, and, you know, um, employment, I think many of us sort of don't think about in the aspect, in in the way of like, uh, you know, this becomes part of who I am and builds my self confidence and my self esteem. But it's it's just a huge part of of um, of most people, most adult lives. And to discount people with autism as not needing that or wanting that or being able to um, experience that and have something to offer is um, is something that I'm, I'm glad you're addressing. Uh, I do have a question before we take a quick break. When you said that you stress this to your management team, you. you had also said before that you have leadership opportunities to, for people on uh, on the spectrum who work at Auticon. Are some of your management team also on the spectrum or are all of them on the spectrum? No, most of our management team are non-autistic resources, um, but the goal is to get our colleagues on the spectrum moving towards leadership roles. It takes time you know, for anybody in their career to get to the point where they're leading teams of people. But we do have a few of our analysts who are getting quite close and are starting to run projects. And we also, you know, uh, want them to integrate with our client teams. Now, because we are sitting on site here, we don't always get to see our clients, but we integrate with their teams because as projects are run, there's many, many meetings, and our analysts will take on those meetings themselves. We also have people who have been able to go on site with the client and work side by side, and, and that's one of our big goals as well, because we feel if you integrate individuals in the mainstream workplace, sitting side by side with teams, it raises the awareness that, yes, we can work with somebody on the autism spectrum, and it's not that complicated. 
Very. Uh, this sounds like a great model. Um, and, and again, um, something that has been missing and, and we should see more of. So I'm also thrilled to hear that um, sort of word of mouth and, 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 um, and success is leading to more opportunities to open uh, more branches of Autocon. It's, it's exciting. I, we have one minute before we take a quick break. I wanted to just mention, and maybe we'll come back to this after the break, that I before this interview, I, I went on um, your website and I, and I read some of the testimonials from some of the employees, who uh, many of whom have some really positive things to say about um, why they like working there and what works for them and, and some of the other things that were on, on the website about the, even just the way you set up your environments um, uh, and, and some of the things that, that really can be replicated in other um, and other types of businesses. So when we come back from our break, I'm hoping you can talk to me a little about, about those practical aspects of how you start, um, what the recruitment process is like, who's who's coming to work at, at Autocon, uh, wh- what are the backgrounds, and then maybe we can hear uh, a couple of success stories of people who've really um, kind of touched you in terms of knowing that you're doing something good. So this is 1 in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and we'll be right back. Autism may present with challenges, but at Anderson Center for Autism, we're focused on unlocking the tremendous potential for all we serve. At Anderson, every moment is a teaching moment. Every moment is a chance to build skills and self-confidence needed to experience success. Every moment is a chance to optimize the quality of life for someone with autism. And every moment offers a chance to touch a heart, to inspire. Learn more at andersoncenterforautism.org. That's andersoncenterforautism.org. Welcome back to 1 in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and this morning I'm speaking to Rebecca Beam, who's the president of Autocon US, which is a global IT consultancy uh, business and employing individuals with autism spectrum disorder in the U.S. and Southern California with uh, additional offices throughout the world. So, Rebecca, it's been really interesting learning about Autocon and uh, and your background in, uh, in sort of job employment opportunities and placing people uh, in jobs, although you did say, and I'll repeat it, that your mantra kind of is we're not uh, placing people in jobs, we're building careers, Correct. Yes, absolutely. And I, you know, I believe that there's a job out there for everybody. Absolutely. And it sounds like you're having some uh, strong success. I mentioned before we took a break that I went on your website and and I was I was starting to really feel very um, affected by the confidence and the stories that some of the uh, individual employees um, in your offices were sharing about, you know, even their initial nerves about getting involved and then kind of themselves seeing that it could work and it could be okay and they can wear their headphones, but it's okay sometimes to not wear their headphones and sometimes it's okay to push themselves to to be part of a more social conversation, maybe over lunch. Um, There was one story that stood out to me about, I think it was a young man who said, um, I'm not going to get all the details right, but he said something about how he, he, he has lunch with his colleagues, but he... He has to sort of push himself either to stay the whole time or sometimes he just leaves the table early and goes back to work. And that kind of flexibility in terms of, of timing and, and movement throughout the office um, worked for him. So I wonder, I would assume that your work must be extremely rewarding personally to you and wonder if there's any success stories that you'd like to share that really 
bring a smile to your face or, or remind you about the good work that you're doing? Yes, I, well, it is incredibly rewarding, and I work with some of the most interesting people I've ever had the opportunity to work with. But um, we have so many success stories. One that really stands out for me is is James. James has been with us for about three years. He's an analyst. He's he's very strong. And when we do our training, historically, we've had a non-autistic trainer. And we decided to, to tap James on the shoulder and say, hey, would you like to try training the, the group? And he rose to the occasion, and he has done now two trainings. And with him training, we have had the most success with graduation and from graduation to through internship to analyst. We've had a higher degree of success, and I would like to attribute that to James and his very factual teaching style. And I believe that the individuals he's training can relate to him very well. So that is one of the greatest success stories. And one of the things that James said to me recently is this is the most fulfilling part of his job, being able to give back. See, that, I mean, that's a wonderful story. And, and, and I always love also when people come on the show and share things that are going to blow the minds of, of some of the people listening, because it's not... It shouldn't really be surprising to any of us at this point, I hope it's not, um, that James could be successful in, in doing this and that, you know, he obviously knows his stuff. He knows what he's doing. He's experienced it himself. And here he is sharing it with others. What I think stands out the most to me about the story you just told is that he came back to you and said that it is now the most fulfilling part of his job um, because there still is a myth out there that people with autism do not want to interact with other people. I, you know, we, we still hear to day. And while social interactions in the traditional sense can be challenging, um, I, the more and more I do this work, the more I start to really think that a lot of the challenge is on the other end of the, the interaction, um, because there's an expectation that many of us who are not on the spectrum have about the way that should look and feel and sound. Um, so here you are putting James in a position or encouraging him to, to, to take a position where he's teaching other people who may have a different expectation and it's giving Absolutely. him the same sense that we can should all be able to relate to when you have a successful interaction with another person. Like I just I, I'm at the point where I, I put my hands up sometimes saying, what are we why are we limiting how good people can feel when they're interacting with each other by proclaiming that there's only one way to have that interaction go. So I love that well, James came back and said that. I tell you another story that's really great. I okay. mean, recently celebrating Autism Awareness Month, yep. this wonderful company called City Hunt put together uh, a mobile scavenger hunt for us. And they did it for free because they were touched by um, our story. Mm-hmm. And we got together at, as teams and we all had to compete using our mobile devices and we had to reenact commercials we had to you know do all kinds of silly stuff and you would not know that you were with a group of individuals on the spectrum at all we had a blast <laughs> people were laughing people it, 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 we have social events all the time mm-hmm. and we have fun this is a very social 
group of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think that that, like I said, I, to me, these types of experiences and opportunities and the fact that there's a focus, um, a purpose, it's not just a focus, it's a purpose. There's something special about being purposeful in what you do that I think, um, again, from going on your website and reading some of these stories and, and learning more about what you're doing, it just kind of comes through that these, you've created an environment that has meaning and impact. And these are folks who were working really hard and doing well and helping clients and doing work that needs to be done um, and addressing a need. And at the same time, they're working in an environment that really, to be honest, probably could be replicable in a lot of different uh, environments, that a lot of different businesses, um, by just making some small changes. And all of a sudden, you realize, like you said before, that working alongside somebody with autism really isn't as challenging as maybe one initially thought it might be. So I, I love that. That's the message I try to get across to companies all the time. It, it doesn't take much. Mm-hmm. You know, allowing noise-canceling headphones, uh, no fluorescent lights. Uh, nobody likes to work under fluorescent lights, by the way. Um, <laughs> no. You know, who likes that? You know, a quiet work environment, a place to rest, a quiet room. Right. Those are simple things that we do here that any company could do. Well, and also to carry that a step further, um, all the things that you just listed are things that I would like to have in my work environment. Mm -hmm. You know, so a lot of times I think, and this is a movement that I do see happening. I think that there is a a very positive shift going on where, you know, uh, the the thinking is starting to change from what do we need to accommodate to do to accommodate people with autism as opposed to what can we do in our environment that makes it better and more comfortable for all of our employees. Um, and that can be inclusive of people with autism. But but the idea of, you know, softer lighting, um, that's probably better for everybody's eyes and, and general sense of, of comfort and relaxation. When we're relaxed, we tend to produce more. The uh-huh. idea of a quiet room where you can step away and just take a break for a few minutes. My quiet room, for example, is, is outdoors. Um, almost every day, I take about 20 minutes and I take a walk. I need that. If I go a few days when it's, you know, snowing or icing or thing in the wind, and I can't get outside for my walk, I, I feel it. Um, so there's, you know, there's that need for um, the, that there's, there's, it, it's great again to, to have you on to talk and remind people that there are things you can do that aren't going to compromise somebody else's work experience. It's probably just going to make it better for everybody and allow for people with autism to see uh, you as a potential employee when they have a skill and, and, a, and a passion and an enthusiasm for working for you. It's a, it's a great match. Makes sense. Yes, and we are expanding across the U.S. We have, you know, some very aggressive expansion plans. So, you know, I encourage everybody to keep an eye on us because we will be opening up offices in other states. That's great. We're gonna. I'm gonna have you. Uh, what is the website? Where can people go to get more information about your company and and maybe keep uh, keep connected to you as you expand? Sure. It's Auticon. A U T I C O N. Dot .us. Okay. So us is the place to go to get more information. And then I'm sure as you expand, you'll be posting some information out there on your website about where you're Absolutely. opening. Um, just a couple minutes left. This is a question I've had for, for a few minutes here. Um, going back to the original startup history of Auticon, I know you don't have a personal background when, you know, to specifically when it comes to um, autism. Did someone who started the original business have a personal connection 
is that is that where this started, or was yes. it really just addressing a need? Okay. So Otacon was was started in Europe, mm-hmm. and um, Dirk Mueller Remus, who does have a child on the spectrum, started the business. He realized that. Um, when he was sitting with a group of individuals on the spectrum and asking them about their backgrounds, and they had computer science degrees and high degrees in mathematics, asking them about where they were employed and realizing that in almost every case, if they were employed, they were underemployed, grossly underemployed. Mm -hmm. And he said, this has to stop. So he started Auticon. Here in the U.S., Gray Benoit Sr., started MindSpark, which is now Auticon. He has two children on the spectrum, and he started our company for his son, Gray Jr. Now Gray Jr. runs all of our finances. He does my forecasting. He does payroll. He administers the benefits. He's really my go-to guy when it comes to anything financial. That's so cool. So I'm glad I asked that because I wanted to. I wanted to make that personal connection um, more clear, which I, you know, so I appreciate you telling me. I had a feeling because it often takes um, somebody's sort of parenting and raising a child on the spectrum to see this need from a different perspective. But you sound like a person who is really going to carry this forward um, with your passion and your belief that there is a job out there and really a career out there for every person who is looking for one. So I'm just thrilled to have gotten to know you a little bit and to have you share information about Auticon and Auticon US. Rebecca Beam, thank you for being on the show today. Uh, This is 1 in 59, the weekly talk show on Topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to One in 59, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. Join us for another edition of the show at the same time next week.